What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. The Borger Sports Podcast is brought to you by our official sponsor, the Plumley Real Estate Group. The Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. I am one half of the hosts. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> who <Williams>. are you? <laughs> Here with my co-host, Borger's own Michael Kano. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Fantastic to be here. Borger Sports Podcast, episode Seven. Seven. We made seven episodes. That's right. It's a good number. Yeah, it is. We get to, you think we'll get to 12? You think we'll get to a dozen? I think we're going to make a bet. All right. We'll make it there. There's a dozen. (laughs) We're going to get there. (laughs) We're going to get there. Yeah. No, I mean, I have fun doing this. This is a ton of fun. No, this has been a great time. Yeah. I've enjoyed this. It's great. It's it's challenged me to have to really watch sports and kind of gather information and stuff. Oh, dude, I, I told you the other night, uh, when we were, I think, did I tell you this at the football game or yeah, did I tell you at church on Sunday? I can't we're remember. in the booth. Yeah, yeah. I was like, because I'm actually not like an in-depth, super knowledgeable football fan. I played freshman football and then I got into music. Yeah. So, but I love watching football, but I, because I didn't play it at like a higher level. Yeah. Like I don't have, and I don't play Madden. So like kids these days, they learn like all the covers and all the schemes and everything from Madden, but I don't play Madden. So like, yeah, I was telling you, I was like, man, I don't. I feel like a phony, like for like a fraud. Because <laughs> now, if we start talking about basketball, when we get to basketball, yeah, we'll basketball. Start talking but about anyway, your Phoenix Suns, yeah, sure. But uh, so I told you this week on YouTube, I've been just watching like a def- like people explain like NFL and college defensive schemes and cover. Cover two and cover three and all that stuff. He's and been studying. I've been studying. Like so Buddy Ryan, so Rex Ryan, like idiot. cover one, cover two. <laughs> but Bears eighty, Bears eighty five defense. But then when I'm like spotting at the football games, I don't really, I can't really watch that stuff because I've got the binoculars mm-hmm. and I'm literally just following the ball. Yeah, to see who makes the tackle. Yeah, for it's you. a fast game. So you know, I don't, I don't even know what they're running out there. Oh, for y'all that don't you know, know, Michael built like this elaborate. <laughs> like data sheet gathering tool on his computer. I did. It was like color coded. It was amazing. And he got about half a quarter in and was like, I can't keep up with it. I can't, well, cause I can't, I can't spot and then put the data in yeah. the same time. I don't have enough time to put the data in the spreadsheet. Oh yeah. Before the next you play starts. Crazy algorithms. But on I just, there. I just wanted us quarterback to quarterback rating. It was all sorts I just of wanted stuff. us to have the stats. It was going to be great. Yeah. But a lot of job anyway, for one yeah, person. Maybe, maybe get somebody else up there who can do that while I spot. Yeah. You know. Someone who loves numbers. It's a great spreadsheet. Oh, it really was I, yeah, good. I, love I was good, proud I of I love you. a good spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of spreading it out, let's get down to the rundown here let's and start talking about some <laughs> sports action from this last <laughs> let's week. Let's do it. I'll kick it off with some volleyball. All volleyball right. action this last Saturday. The Burger Lady Bulldogs traveled over to Pampa and McNeely Fieldhouse. And we ended up losing in four sets, 22, 25-25-21, 22-25, and 16-25. Some of the stats from that game. Atreya Loftus finished with three kills, two blocks, three digs. Katie Buchanan had six kills, a block, four digs. Emily Bridges, another great game, 15 kills, 13 digs, three blocks, and, a, and an ace. Jordan Pettit. Uh, our sophomore on the team, six kills, two blocks, and two digs. Reality Briscoe did a fantastic job on defense, 20 digs yeah. on the day. Isabella P- 
Pena, 21 assists, five digs, and an ace. Esther Quinones, 15 assists, five digs. Addie Bridges, our freshman, five kills, two blocks. And then Savannah Padilla, 15 digs, two aces. And then Cooper Buchanan, nine kills, two blocks, and four digs. So currently the varsity is 15 and 13 overall. Um, the JV team did beat Pampa. They won in two sets, okay. 25-22 and 25-13, and they're three and two in district. And then the freshmen also beat Pampa as well. I just didn't get a score for them. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What about Frank Phillips? Frank Phillips College, Wednesday the 20th, they ended up beating Clarendon College 3-0. And then on Saturday, had a heartbreaking loss to Midland College in his close matchup. Lost two to three. Mm-hmm. They're currently two and two in conference play. And on the season, Nevaeh Rodriguez, I know we've talked about her. Mm-hmm. She's a stud from Highland Park. And uh, Alpaline White are leading the team in kills with 135 and 134. Farah is leading the team with 265 assists. And then Imani Brown has 227 digs on the season. Right on. All right, on to tennis and golf. We'll t- let's break those down. Uh, this weekend, the Bulldogs in tennis lost to Randall, one to eighteen, and West Plains five to fourteen. So tennis overall, their record is eleven and sixteen, and in district play, they're two and eight. So that's Bulldog tennis, and in golf, Borger hosted a tri meet last weekend at Phillips Golf Course. Borger came out with the best team score. It's awesome of all twelve teams, including Canyon, Pampa, and Hereford. Uh, they shot an excellent 301 overall, improving on the best for two weeks straight. Yeah. Yeah. They keep that score keeps going low for that it team. It does, right it does, yeah. They're getting better and better each week. Mm-hmm. So George Goldston finished in third place, shooting 69 on Saturday after balling out the game on Friday. George had a great weekend. <laughs> he did. I he mean, had he a just great balls weekend. out on Friday night yeah. as the game of his life and then goes out there and shoots a 69 on the golf course. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And Corbin Gibson finished in sixth place. He shot a 75. Yeah. Wow, so, that's awesome. Kind of a story of two different teams here. You know, tennis, a lot of high hopes early on in the season. They've had some struggles here, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, they're probably not going to be able to find, you know, some playoff runs, mm-hmm. you know, in two and eight in district right now. But you got golf who kind of, they were like, hey, where are we going to sit? Mm-hmm. And each week they just keep getting better, keep getting better, improve yeah. their overall score two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's awesome. Fantastic job. All right, tell us about cross country. All right, cross country this weekend. They com- they competed at the Lubbock Invitational at May Simmons Park. And this cross country meet is almost kind of like a regional preview. Okay. Like you're kind of looking to see what you're going to see here in a few weeks up at regionals. All right. And so uh, our varsity boys went out there and competed. Here's some of the individual result- results. Charlie Medina finished in 17th place with the time of 1827. Great showing there. Matthew Gutierrez right behind him in 22nd place with a time of 1854. Isaiah White finished in 58th place, time of 20 minutes and 41 seconds. And then Christian Garcia, uh, he is a freshman, finished in 75th with a time of 21-29. On the girls' side, uh, some of the results here. Julia Stevens finished at 64th place with a time of 15:20. Breely Nail just a little bit behind her in 77th place. Time of 15.50. And then you had London Salinas in 92nd place uh, with a time of 16.33. And then Lila Breedlove, again, another freshman, 94th place with a time of 16.36. 
So All great right. job on the cross country. Yeah. Um, you know, some really good performances there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if that's an idea of coming up in the regionals, finishing 17th, not a bad spot to be for Charlie Medina. Yeah, no, not bad. Not bad Absolutely. at all. All right, let's talk about what's coming up, what we got going on this week. And all right. And then, uh, then, we'll, then we'll spend some time breaking down the football game last week. But That's right. Coming up this week, volleyball. Volleyball on Saturday, we'll play West Plains at West Plains. Uh, again, freshman at 10, JV at 11, and varsity at noon. And then on Tuesday, October 3rd, uh, they'll start the second round of district at Randall, and that'll be 5 p.m., 6 p.m., and 7 p.m., uh, respectively, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so, and then Frank Phillips coming up. This Saturday, Frank Phillips plays Amarillo College in Amarillo. And I'm wondering if three. The, the Badgers are going to be our new rival. I'm, yeah? I wonder. It seems like it could be a good rivalry. Okay. Frank Phillips College, Amarillo College, not that far away from yeah, each right other. right down the road. Yeah. The Battle of the Lake. Lady Plainsman and the Badgers. We need to find a good nickname for this for this rivalry. I'm going to make this happen. All right. We're going to make this happen. You do it. I'm going to hold you to the fire on okay. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tennis. Also, uh, the last two games of district play um, are coming up on September 28th at Pampa. And October 3rd, uh, Dumas will be here in Borger. Um, and then golf this Saturday, they'll be traveling to Canyon to compete at the Palo Duro Creek golf course. Mm-hmm. And then cross country will be running at the Canyon Invitational in Canyon. And then football after the commercial break, we will review Friday's game against Dalhart. And we'll talk about the upcoming game against our rivals, the Pampa Harvesters. The Pampa Harvesters. And then we got an awesome interview coming up with Coach White. After First that. thing. Right after that, defensive coordinator on the Borger Sports Podcast. We would like to thank the Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is the official sponsor of the Borger Sports Podcast. Are you looking to sell your current home or property or on the hunt for your dream home? Look no further than Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is your trusted partner in finding the perfect property for you and your family or selling your current home in the competitive real estate market. Plumlee Real Estate Group's agents, Jodina Plumlee, Lindsey Vinson, and Mike Lynn Reese, understand that buying or selling a home is a significant decision, and they are here to make the process as smooth and stress-free as possible. Plumlee Real Estate Group's team of dedicated and knowledgeable agents will guide you every step of the way, from listing your home or browsing listings to closing the deal. Join the many satisfied homeowners and sellers who have worked with Plumlee Real Estate Group Contact Plumley Real Estate Group online today at plumleygroup.kw.com to schedule a consultation. Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. All right, and we're back here on the Border Sports Podcast. Michael. What's up? Very special guest in yeah, the studio with us today. <laughs> the one, the only... Coach Jared White, defensive Dang coordinator right. of the Bulldogs. What's, What's up, Coach White? <laughs> What's happening, fellas? Glad Thanks to have for you being here, here on sir. the BSP. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you know, we are we've been talking about football here and we're we're super excited. We're five weeks in to high school football here. And last last night is when I really started feeling like, oh, this is fall. It's starting to get a little cool. Like, yes, what, what are you feeling now, right now, five weeks into this season? Oh man, <laughs> that it's going by so fast, you yeah. know. Um 
just my wife and I, my wife puts a lot of perspective in on me, you know, because before I took this job, I was a principal at Tascosa. Yeah. So I'm just having to get back into the flow of being a coach. And sometimes I'm thinking, gosh, did I make the right decision? You know, and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah. sweetheart, the season's halfway over with, you know. And so, but it, it's been fun. I mean, it is different, you know, coaching and, um, things like that, but it's been fun. It's it, And it's just gone by fast. Hamrick mentioned that the other day. He said, really, from the time two they started till now, I said, yeah, we've been at it for 10 weeks almost. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just crazy how fast it flies by. It flies by. Yes, yeah, sir. and for people who don't know, you went from coaching and doing this job as a DC mm-hmm. into the other side of education as an administrator. Yes, sir. And so he, yes, he was an assistant principal okay. for nine years. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, wow. At on, on well, well, six, but yeah. um, I've, I've bounced back and forth my last few jobs. I went from administration to coaching at River Road. Actually, administration at Pampa yeah. to coaching at River Road to administration at Tascosa to now coaching at Borger. So, so what was it that drew you back in? To the coaching world all over. Oh, man. Well, when I left River Road, I wasn't totally ready to leave, but we had a coaching change that happened, and you kind of could see the writing on the wall. Usually when a coach comes in, he wants to bring his whole staff. Mm -hmm. And about that time, um, my my oldest son was going into middle school, and so um, he wasn't going to be in the River Road system. And so it actually worked out, you know, um, that – Amarillo ISD said, hey, why don't you apply for some of these assistant principal jobs? And Mm -hmm. I happened to get one, and it just worked out well because Mm then um, my son ended up being in the Tascosa feeder program. I actually went to the Amarillo High feeder program, Mm -hmm. but then ended up transferring to Tascosa. So I got to watch watch him play all four years at Tascosa. And then um, I told people when he graduated that I thought I might want to get back into coaching. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) So there's another thing my wife says. She says, you just – I'm just, you know, just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just kind of getting old. She says, you're just getting grumpy. She said, when you're coaching, you want to be an administrator. When you're an administrator, you want to coach. Yeah. So you just can't make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It's kind of like the Godfather a little bit, you know, every time you think you're out. Yes, sir. It pulls Pull you, you back. back. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there's no doubt. No doubt. Because, I, I mean, I I find myself just getting wound up. Like, during the competition, I like it. Yeah. And so, in just the journey, it's good. That's it's awesome. Good. Well, here we are five weeks in. Borger Bulldog, you're three and two right now. Just had a fantastic Friday night atmosphere <laughs> yes, sir. At, at Bulldog State. If you weren't there Friday night, you missed out. Oh, it was a game, man. I mean, that was a game of games. The crowd was popping. It was, I mean, it was just a blast. What were you guys feeling down there on the sidelines? Oh, just relief. <laughs> when, it, when it was over, but that we came out on top. I mean, you could sense the energy in the game and just the ebb and flow of it. I mean, just one one minute you thought, all right, we're about to, you know, we're, we're about to take control of this game. Then the next minute they're driving and you're thinking, oh gosh, man, we got to get a stop, make make sure they don't get control of the game. And just, the, you know, we just try to get in the ebb and flow of stuff. And then at the end, I felt like when KJ scored right there at the end, I thought I would. I mean, because... Before before KJ had scored, you know, he that dude dropped that dime right there on yeah. third and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean the headset just got quiet and you just heard a coach go, Dad gum, what a catch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just a great catch by yeah. them. It was. But yeah. but once KJ scored, I knew they were I, I knew the game was won because I figured we'd we'd have something. To, I, th- I thought we could close them out at that point. Yeah, sure. So, Absolutely. Well, and it was you know, it's kind of been a process of getting to Anytime you're a new coach into mm-hmm. a new system, new kids, 
You're learning the kids. You're learning where they're going to function the best. You're learning where their strengths and weaknesses are. You know, how do you feel right now with where your defense is playing, how they're performing on the field? And, and do you feel like you got your players where they need to be? Are y'all still making some adjustments? Uh, how do you feel about no, that? We're, we're, we're a good defense. We're not great yet. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, if you if you just notice, I mean, we'll get people tackled in the backfield, and then they'll fall off, and then you know it should be a three yard loss and turns into a five yard gain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say, guys, man, a, a great defense will t- keep that a three yard loss. Yeah. And right now is, is honestly, we just if we can get off the field on third down. Mm-hmm. We will be so much better. But what happens is they get that first third down and it just kind of snowballs and snowballs and snowballs and, mm-hmm. until we can get a stop later on down the road or um, or they end up scoring. And so we're, 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 we're on track. I actually thought um, on Friday this was the best that we tackled all mm-hmm. year long, in my opinion. And um, we had a bunch of like zero-yard gains or negative gains or negative yardage plays, but um, we're still not there yet. Sure. We're, 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 we're getting close, but it's just going to take time. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Because you're seeing little glimpses of it. You know, yes, you're sir. seeing like a like a high-level play from a Sean Wilson yes, sir. or a Mason Mangum will just come through and just disrupt, you know, something like And so you'll see this little glimpse, but finding that consistency of doing it yes, every down mm-hmm. where you know mm-hmm. what you're going to count yes, on, sir. that's where the challenge is. You know, one one thing I will say is, I tell Sean, I call, I start calling him almost Wilson or A.M. Wilson because I said, man, right there, I said you're almost making the play. And sure. if you yeah. notice on the sideline, sometimes, and and we've talked about body language and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. he just he's just acting like ah, he's hurting so bad. But I said, dude, you wouldn't feel that way on third down if you'd make that tackle for a loss on first and second down. Mm-hmm. Then you'd yeah. be fired up and you'd have energy and everybody sure. just kind of gets a yeah, laugh yeah, out yeah, of yeah, it. But, yeah. there's, but there's truth to it. I mean, sure. we're Guys, we're honestly right now, I mean, we're shooting ourselves in the foot so much. Yeah, that I mean, we're our own worst enemies right now. Yeah, yeah. And so, but we we got to just keep plugging away, and 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 the kids are starting to believe in that stuff too. Yeah. So I think well, we've been, and I think the last two weeks have been a good challenge for this defense. Yes, sir. You know, there nothing against Lamisa, nothing against you know River Road, but when you have to go up against a Dawson, you know, a Dawson Jocko, yes, sir, or this Kyler Reed, mm-hmm. you know, you know that he's going to be. A good player, they are going to find ways to get him the ball and get him a field. You know, that's a challenge to your defense. That's yes, a challenge to you as a coordinator, mm-hmm. making sure that you have the the puzzle pieces. So yes, sir. What, what was the game plan going into this last week, facing a quarterback like a Kyler Reed who's built like a fullback or a tight end, <laughs> yes, you know, and actually had a lot better touch on the ball than what I anticipated. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt on Monday, I finally said, he will not beat us running the ball. Yeah. I said, if they're, I said, that if, I said, we need to tee off on him and don't let him run the ball. And if they're going to beat us and hats off to him, they're going to beat us passing the ball. Well, I didn't realize, man. <laughs> so I was throwing the ball around the yard. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He has yeah. better touch on it than I thought. Sure. Now, the, the thing is, though, I was looking at the stat line at halftime, and Coach Laird keeps our stats. I want to say he was only like five for 16 for about 60-something yards passing Sure, the first half. But then at the end of the game, I mean, I think he had 197 yards passing. I mean, he was just hitting passes, and again, mm-hmm. again, it was on third down. And, I mean, they just got us where our secondary were peaking in the backfield, mm-hmm. and their eyes weren't where they needed to be. And so um, – but then he also ran for 250 yeah. So I mean, he had quite a stat line, but man, he's a good player. He's, he's one of those dual, oh, thre- he's one of those dual threat people. Yes, sir. You know, and you can, you and I kind of had a conversation about this, where the mentality of some people 
you know, they may take it really hard for you to say like, oh, that player's a really good player. Mm -hmm. yes, that's a that's a great player. They almost take it kind of like, oh, why are you calling him a good player? Why? You're showing them too much respect. But as someone who's played the game and yes, you sir. played it at a very high level at the collegiate level, you understand, like I think we do, is when you say that about another player, you're giving that respect because now I have to game plan to beat you. Yes, sir. It's worse to, to disregard and say, that's not a good player. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going to dominate them. Yes, sir. When you recognize and say that is a good player, you have to up your game. Yeah, to yes, sir. to stop that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I mean he's he's good. I mean, after we we got our one, actually, was, I think it was our only sack of the game mm -hmm. was that very last play of the game, and I was fired up. But I mean, he was down on his knees. I went to him. I said, "Dude, you are one heck of a ball player, man. Yeah. You got to give credit where credit's due." Sure. At the end of the day. And, I mean, he was dejected, but, gosh, he was a beast. Yeah. You know, it was one thing. I'll add this. And see, there I am. I'm still talking. I told you how nervous I'd be being on here. <laughs> you know, I told Coach Hamrick Friday, uh, Saturday morning, I said, do you know how many plays we defended? He said, how many? I said, 81. Really? 80, wow. It was 81 plays. He said, oh, well, now I don't feel quite as bad as all the artistry <laughs> gave up. And so I was looking at that overnight. And, and so it was just crazy. I mean, they're, they're a good outfit, you know. So yeah. Sure. Was. Yeah, so switching gears a little bit, looking a week to the, ahead to this week, our big game against our rivals. The My Pampa, hometown. Your hometown, <laughs> the Pampa Harvesters. Don't die. Now, you know, you know a little something about the Pampa Harvesters. Oh God, I hear. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so maybe talk about that a little. You you played at Pampa, your high school yes. ball at Pampa. Yes, sir. So, I, what's it like playing your high school ball at Pampa, and now you're coaching for Borger? What are you conflicted? Are oh you? no, not at all. <laughs> not, not, at, not at all. Not at all. No, I want to beat the Harvesters. All right. No, there, no, no, no. I'm a I'm a bulldog right now. And so I don't, I don't anticipate that change. If you, if you go back soon. and like tell your 17 year old self, like, hey, one day you're going to be coaching a Borger, would you be shocked? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I was, I was, I was, honestly, guys, it, it was a few weeks. Yeah, no, I want to say it was at the beginning of two days. So I, I live in Amarillo, and um, I drive back and forth most days. And as you come up on the hill on 207, I, I don't like going through Fritch. I always like coming through Panhandle. Uh -huh. yeah. But as I drove over the hill and I saw it, and I thought, I cannot believe I'm coaching in <laughs> Borger, Texas. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing. I just thought sure. never sure, in my yeah, wildest yeah. mind would I, in my yeah. wildest dream, thought I'd be in Borger. Because yeah. when I was growing up in high school, I'm like, who wants to be in Borger? You know, <laughs> but now that I'm here, I'm like, man, this actually ain't bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so maybe go back to your high school days. What was, what was it like when you were at Pampa? What it what's, what was it like that Borger, Pampa rivalry game when you were in high school? Oh gosh, well back then it's when Borger was rolling. You know, I know Borger's falling down on on times right now. You know, and even even Pampa has, but back then it was for the district title. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had district implications on there, and usually whoever won that game had the inside track of winning the district title. Yeah, and so um, and I ooh only. I started as a sophomore, junior. I played for three years, and we only won it my senior year. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Kano, Kano brought that up. Mm. Well, it was so you guys, you guys <laughs> that, played against each other, yeah, right? We played against yeah. each other, yes. We were both class of 99, mm -hmm. so okay. we play in 98. And a lot of those games were on Saturday afternoons. Yes, they got moved from In the Friday 90s, because of capacity, I want to say that the game in 1995, and it was yes. before when you and I were freshmen, mm -hmm. 
17,000 You guys are old, man. I know. <laughs> 17,000 people attended that game on a Saturday 17, afternoon. 17,000 17,000 people. They yeah. had to bring in extra stands. It was for the district championship, which a lot of those Borger-Pampo rivalry games ended up being for the district championship. Mm-hmm. And I think Pampa ended up winning that yes. one. So so I so if if we got time I I always like to play this one out because I honestly my yeah, yeah, brother yeah. my brother was a senior mm-hmm. and I was a freshman ball boy and um that game everybody had said all year long and and I I don't like to be in hyperbole and and talk and but I mean that game was hyped up from the at the beginning of the year with the Globe News it was bigger mm-hmm. than it was now since it got you know bought out and all that stuff but um. I remember they said the game of the year will be Pampa Borger, the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, then um, Borger was rolling folks. Amber, um, Pampa was rolling folks. I think Borger's on, Borger only had one loss to Lubbock Estacado. Mm-hmm. We'd only had one loss to Amarillo High. And it like at the beginning, of the like with six weeks out, I remember every Friday, it would like in the bottom of the Globe News, they would always say like five weeks to Pampa Borger, four weeks to oh, Pampa man. Borger. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, that Monday – we practice freshman practice football in the morning. There was a line outside of the um, in front of the ticket office. There was a line of, all the way around the block, and they yeah. sold out their allotment of tickets. I think in an hour. Wow! And then um, <laughs> that game was just hyped up all all week long yeah. to the point where. Um, <clears throat> Like pregame, the stands and all mm-hmm. that. I kid you not, the stands were packed. Yeah. And as the kickers came out during pregame, <sighs> one side was yelling, another was boom. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. man, that game was probably the most hype game I'd ever been a part of. And so, I mean, the place was just rocking and going nuts. Even our senior year in 99, it was a big game, but it wasn't like that 95 wow, game. Yeah. That it was, a, game it was, was crazy. a big game. And I think, yeah. you know, 99, there was just – there was a lot of success going on mm-hmm. that year. Yes, sir. Uh, and so there, there was a lot of back and forth between the district. But even then, that Saturday afternoon, it, it's just, it's cram-packed. You're yes, not going to find a seat. Everyone's mm-hmm. standing along the fence line. And it's just two great teams in the Texas Panhandle with a historic rivalry. Yes, sir. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Dating back to 1926, mm-hmm. something like that. Yes, sir. So, no, there and there's and there's usually no love lost. Well, back then there was no love lost. I mean, I remember well <laughs> when they brought Jerry Argovitz in last week. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody asked, mm-hmm. "Do you remember the score your senior year?" He said, "No, I don't remember the score, but I remember we met up in Skellytown to fight." You <laughs> 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 so, know, you know, it was just kind of one of those tense environments. I yes, mean, sir. even our year mm-hmm. at the very end of the game. The final whistle, a fight breaks out on the 50-yard line between mm-hmm. yeah. a Pampa player, I'm not going to say who, and a Borger player. And then all melee cops have to go was out there and break it up. No, no it was not well, one of us. This, probably, this will be, kidding, be edited, kidding. but I got ejected in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I got ejected. I was the only one that got ejected. And he know, and Kano knows it. His player threw the first punch. He did. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and it was on yeah. our sideline, and I was the only one that got tossed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure our coach sent him in just to fight him. They were like, hey, go get in a fight. We need him out. <laughs> yep. That's funny. So, <laughs> cut that. <laughs> cut that out. No, it's okay. No, yeah. can we leave that in? I, I, that don't bother me. I told the players. That's I, a great I told story. The players, yeah. I didn't tell the seniors this because they were doing the senior panoramic picture. But um, I, you know, it's it's just one thing you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell those seniors, guys, this is the last time you'll ever play. Yeah, yeah, Pampa. Yeah, and you'll always remember, it, mm-hmm. good or bad. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you better yeah. go out with the bang. Yeah. 
And it, I mean, it is a little bit different now. Let's be honest. Whenever the split between Division One and Division mm-hmm. Two happened, you know, in Pampa, going up to Division One and Borger State in Division Two, I think it's taken away some of the luster of the rivalry. But the underlying is still there. It's yes, still underneath, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's um, it's still important, I think, to people within this community. You know, I, I think it's still important for, for people in the Pampa community to have that game that you say, like, above all games, we're going to look forward to this one. It's a, you, to have a rival, something you have to overcome. Yes, sir. That yeah. I think that is still there. Yes, sir. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. You know, there's people when I – when I first told, and and I don't really have anybody in Pampa anymore. None of my family lives there. I very rarely go over there or anything, but I do have some friends and stuff. So when I told them <laughs> that I was going to them, when they found out I was coaching them Borger, they said, we'll cheer for you except for one time a year. <laughs> so fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, hopefully this, this, this year's game lives up to last year's game, dude. Last year's game, uh, you, you weren't there probably. No, but I but, saw, I saw it was but a close it one. Was, it was the best high school football game I've ever been to yeah. at this point in my life. That was Michael's comment at the very end of it. He's like, that was the best high school football game I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, so. it just, boom. You punch us in the mouth, we're going to punch you in the mouth. And it mm-hmm. was just back yeah. and forth the whole game. So hopefully we have another another game like that this yes, year. I don't think Coach wants a game like that. I, I think he'd rather have a blowout. On yeah. The- oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah. No, no. yeah I don't feel better I'd, about I'd it. rather us win, you know. <laughs> sure. Four forty two yeah. zero. Or yeah, it would just be better for my for my my blood pressure and stuff. But if we but if we get into you know, I actually had a coach the other night that said Coach Radke. Mm-hmm. He said, "Man, I prefer these these you know knock down drag out fights as opposed to a blowout." I was like, ah, "Maybe every now and then, but I, I prefer 42 fourteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel a lot we better. About, my yes. blood pressure feels better. Yeah, sir. Yeah. But you know what, honestly. Records go out the window when you're talking about Right, right, right. Yes, sir. There was one year, and I can't remember what year it was, but Pampa was, they were, they were leading, they were going to be the district champions. Borger had not won a game, Mm -hmm. and it was the last game of the season. Borger upsets Pampa, comes back from 35 points down to win that game and, and dethrone them from the district championship. Oh, man. (laughs) With one win. So, Records go out. Right, they go out right, the right. window when it mm-hmm. comes to Borger Pamper. It, it you know, doesn't matter. Yes, sir. You know, at the end of the day, really, I just want our boys to compete. I mean, yeah. if they'll go compete, then we'll then we got a good chance. You know what I'm saying? It very rarely are we going to be just outclassed or just outmatched by the teams that we play. I mean, we got a good squad. Yeah, we just got to put it all together. Sure. And so we're, we're we got them in front. So. This Friday night, Bulldog Stadium, 7 o'clock. If I'm a first-time Bulldog fan and I'm going out there to go watch Borger Pampa, what am I going to see out of this Bulldog defense? What what will I take away from this game? Oh, gosh, man. I'll say we'll be a bend but don't break. Okay. You know, I mean, and they might score every now and then. I mean, it's hard to keep teams under, you know, 20 points a game nowadays just because everything's so spread out. And so um, you'll see a team that, you know, that's hard-nosed, that's gritty, that'll get after it. And so um, that's what we're hoping. Well, that's well, that's the plan. That is the plan for Friday nights, just to get after and go compete. Awesome. Well, Coach, we wish you the best of luck. We're going to yeah. be there cheering you on. Yes, sir. We got your back, and go Bulldogs yeah. for a great night. Thank yeah. you, fellas. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank it. you for coming on. Thanks, right. Coach. Go Dogs, go. All right, we're back after that interview with Coach White. Man, 
that was uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. What a great guy. Yeah, what a great Coach guy. Coach White. I mean, he's yeah. just great personality. You know, he's a sports guy, but he's just good level-headed mind. You know what I'm saying? He's just a, yeah. he's just a good dude. Yeah, we had so much more we could have recorded, too. I mean, just this, <laughs> just you two, you and him talking about, we, we got some of it in that interview, but yeah. even more off mic, too, of you and him talking about Old games. Old games you memories. guys remember and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I'd like to so and so you like you were telling me like he was like middle linebacker, their their big time linebacker. Yeah. You were like fullback. Yeah. So you guys man, you guys you guys have been in some some collisions with each other. Yeah, we've we've hit each other many times. <laughs> you know. In good sportsmanship. Sure, but we've sure, hit sure, each other sure. many times. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I still feel it to this day. <laughs> you can barely move. Sore. Yeah. All right. Uh well here we go, man. Let's recap Burger Bulldogs' big win against the Dalhart Wolves this last Friday night. What a game it was, man. Oh, it, it was, was just back awesome. and forth. I remember I told you, like, in the first quarter at some point, I was like, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Because it was already, like, 21. Was it 21-14 at some point in the first 21, quarter? 21-7. Something like that. 21-7 in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just, okay, so Friday night, Bulldog Stadium, um, you know, there's a little bit of air there that, that mm-hmm. we're going to have some fun with this game. Um, you know, I know the boys really wanted to bounce back after the, the Bush and stuff. And, sure. And you're seeing a good team. Dalhart was one of the only undefeated teams left in the region. Right. So they're coming. They're 4-0. You got Kyler Reed, highly touted. Quarterback. So the question of the night from everyone around the region was, how are the Borger Bulldogs going to start Kyler mm-hmm. Reed? Mm-hmm. That was the question. Right. And going out early, it, it, you know, we're a team that it does take us a little bit of time to get going. You right, can right. see it in our kids. Right. We get the opening kickoff. We're driving. We we face a fourth down, and you can tell it's a snap count play. We're trying to draw them offside yeah, yeah, so we yeah, can yeah. get the penalty. <laughs> and the kid does. I mean, looking at the film, I thought he was offside. Yeah, I thought he was offside, too. And KJ thought he was offside, too. KJ thought he was offside, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> KJ throws the ball, right. you know, in the coverage yeah. thinking free play. Right. And the referee's no still holding on to his flag. Yeah, like no flag. Like, he got stuck in his pocket. Huh. Yeah. So, we turn the ball over on the 37-yard line, and they go down and drive. Right. And they score, you know, kind of right off the bat. And... You know, we're running into a little bit of difficulty there early on. And then it happened. And to me, this was the play in the first quarter that I felt like changed the momentum of the game. It changed the momentum of the mindsets of the kids. And we, who knows, we might be talking about this play later on down the season, but like this was the game changer of the season. But the quarterback tries to throw a screen off to the left, and it is sniffed out mm-hmm. by number 20, our linebacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason the Machine Mangum. Mangum picks that ball off and he takes it down the sidelines. And the to me, the biggest thing there was watching the Dalhart players. They slowed down and started walking off the field. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh yeah. They're not as resilient as everyone has given them credit for. You know, and once Mason did that, it was just like it was like this pressure and this relief was taken off of the team. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's go out and play now. Yeah, let's play. You know, yeah. and so first quarter. I think it ends up like 21-7, something like that. We come back in the second quarter, and we go up, going into halftime, 28-21. Yeah. So, you know it's going to be a game. Yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts at halftime? Uh, I have to. I thought that um, they had a lot of, it seemed like Dalhart had a lot more players playing both ways on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Yeah. And so, I thought that towards 
the middle of the second quarter, they looked like they were getting tired. Yeah, they did. And so I thought, oh, okay, they're going to get tired. We're we're getting the momentum going into halftime here. Um, let's see it. Let's see how much energy they get back when they come back out on the field in the third sure. quarter. Sure. And uh, they they got some energy back. They did. I wasn't they expecting they that much energy, but they, man, they made it. It was just a nail biter game after that. After halftime, I mean, yeah. It was th- the whole second half was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, yeah. And but no it, doubt about it, Kyler Kyler Reed is a player. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll right. give him credit where credit is due. Yeah. He's definitely a player. Um, and that was my thought at halftime was was Kyler Reed. Sure. Really. Yeah. It was, like, it was like, yeah, we're up seven, but we haven't really figured out how to stop him yet. Sure. You know? Yeah. They, we just couldn't stop those. Seems like It seems like every run was like four, five, six, Seven, eight, you know, it was just like popping off four yards here and then eight yards here, then six yards here. And sure. it was just like, man, how do we, we got to stop the run. Yeah. And then, then they started throwing in the, he, he started completing more passes in yeah, the third he, quarter. He impressed me. He actually yeah. had a better touch than what I gave him credit for. Yeah. You know, kind of watching film and looking at him from last year, which he's grown a lot. He was a sophomore last sure. year. His touch is much better this year. But I could tell as the wheel started turning in the second quarter, this was going to be a battle of quarterbacks. Yeah, it was. You know, when everyone was talking about how Borger's going to stop Kyler Reed, in the third quarter, I mm-hmm. started thinking to myself, how's Dalhart going to stop right. KJ. Caden Jennings? Yeah. How's Dalhart going to stop yeah, KJ? Yeah, they didn't stop him Because they did not no, do a great didn't. job of doing that. No. And so it was like, it was a back-and-forth matchup going all the way through it. You get into the fourth quarter now, and that fourth quarter, I mean, the crowd is hyped. Everything's getting loud. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous and just because it's like it's built up you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I wanted this one real bad and For so sure. you know in the booth I like a yeah. couple of times I'm pacing in there and stuff like yeah, that yeah we were standing up we were we were standing up a lot of the game up yeah. there in the booth yeah they convert and I don't know how this kid catches the ball Kyler Reed throws a bomb on a fly route to the far side of the field yeah and cornerback Dominic Esparza plays good defense. he played good coverage he's he on his hip on it, yeah and the ball just barely goes over his fingertips mm-hmm. into the hands of the Dalhart receiver. And the kid makes a spectacular catch, gets down to the three-yard line. Yeah. He scores with two minutes remaining in this game. And Dalhart is now, um, take they now take the lead, 38-35. Yeah. And I was a little bit nervous. Oh, yeah. What was your thoughts at that time? I was nervous too, man. I, was, I mean, it's like do or die time. Two minutes left on the clock. We got to go yeah. down and score. The one, the one thing that really impressed me. I did think I did have the thought, and I sh- I didn't say it in the booth because I didn't want to jinx it. But I was like, I did think, oh, they left a little too much time on the clock here for us. Yeah, yeah, you know, because because they were not stopping KJ at that point. And yeah, I thought, sure. I thought KJ can KJ can drive us down the field and we can get a score. And two minutes is about how long it's going to take, and yeah. they're not going to have any time left on. Well, the we clock. had just had an excellent drive earlier in the quarter, right. and so I was just I looked at the clock and I I remember thinking to myself like. We can make a drive here. Mm-hmm. We got two minutes. We got lots of time. Mm-hmm. And we started that drive. And I was so impressed with the poise of our kids and our coaches. When I saw coaches down there, Bo Dickinson and the other offensive coaches talking to the kids, and they went out on the field, you could tell this was not their first time thinking about this. Mm-hmm. They were versed in what they had to do and how they had to do yeah. it. You know, KJ is pounding the ball, pounding the ball, and then he makes some great passes. You know, George Golston 
Catches what a game a George had. Great George had a great game. Oh, George had yeah. a fantastic game. I know we're going to get to some of the stats here in a little bit, but George goals, 10 receptions for 111 yards yeah. on the night. Game, you know, just a fantastic game on his part. Um, he was one of the Emerald Globe News top performers of the week. Uh, we, we throw a great seam route to Tyler Brooks whenever they're focusing on the out route. We get down there. KJ takes the ball, scores a touchdown, and there's a flag on the play. Yeah. And it comes back for yeah, the block yeah, in the yeah. back. You know, you get the block in the back call. Yeah. And you're just kind of just like, oh. Uh, yeah. You know, but good thing we're not too far back and there's still time on the clock. Yeah. So we get down. And if you were there, you you know this happened. Fourth down, one yard to go. And I, I can't remember where the yard marker was. I was so focused on the down marker. I don't remember. Fourth and one. And we have to figure out what are we going to do here? Because if you go for three, and you got a good solid kicker in Chepas. Right. So if, if Luis Chavez kicks that, we go into overtime. Yeah. But there's a chance we can keep, score the touchdown and just end it. Yeah. Well, we really just needed one yard to extend the drive. Yeah. We would have been in. We would have been there was, first and goal. Was there like 26 seconds left on the clock at that yeah. point or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Yeah. And Borger lines up and they're going for it. And I'm holding my breath. <laughs> like we're both sitting there like holding our breath. <laughs> And you know what they're going to do. You know what's going to happen here. Yeah. They're going to snap it to KJ, and KJ's going to find a seam, and that's that's what we're going with. And he cuts back across the grain, you know what I'm saying, gets outside of the defensive end mm-hmm. and pounds it in for the Bulldog touchdown. Yeah. We go up 41 to 38 with 16 seconds left in this game. Kickoff. We end up getting the sack of the night at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had these images of Kyler Reed throwing this immaculate throw and like, <laughs> you know, someone running down. No, we end up playing good pressure defense with a three-man rush in right. the game, 41-38. Bulldogs get the victory. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that, that, that last drive, and, and this is to a lesser degree, but the thing that came to my mind was Vince Young and the Texas Longhorn. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. No, that was uh, what I thought. It was like, we knew what was going to happen. You're going to put it on yeah, their shoulder. You're going to yeah, put it in their yeah, hand. Yeah. And they're going to make that, that just, drive. I, I feel a lot of pain when you talk about that game. <laughs> oh, and that to a lesser to a lesser degree. But that was the yeah. image that I remember of. Sure, sure. Vince Young is going to do something with this I ball. wasn't thinking about that because I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and the Longhorns end up beating USC in the Rose yeah, Bowl. Yeah, because I was a USC football fan back then. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I they were a great am. team. I still am. I, they're my, yeah. call, my favorite college football team. Yeah. I mean, so. Pete Carroll was, and they were passing out money to everybody, but yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> but ended up being a great night. He was just, he was just ahead of, victory. you know, he was just ahead of the time. That's so what it was. Now it's sure. legal. Now it's you know, all these NIL yeah. deals. You can get do your image you money and stuff like yeah. that. Let's look at some of the stats <laughs> from the night. So offensively, 426 yards of total offense. Uh, KJ goes 18 for 22 for 191 and a touchdown. On the receiving end, George Golston again talked about that. 10 receptions, 111 yards. Tyler Brooks added six catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. And Brayson McCarty also had two catches as well. Yeah. On the rushing side, uh, 235 yards on the ground. KJ had 179 yards on 21 carries and three touchdowns. Uh, Ryler Moreno had five carries for 32 yards. Adolfo Heredia, six carries for 21 yards. Tyler Brooks had one carry, but he made it count, scoring a touchdown from three yards mm-hmm. out. And so great offensive performance for our guys. Yeah, we had a lot of guys stepping up with Avery out. Yes. 
you know? Yeah. And so. and that was like when I showed up and, and it was kind of questionable, you know, where injury buck was there, but you see Avery Domi on the sideline, he's injured. You see Aiden Cardenas on the sideline, he's injured. We had to have some people step up to play and they did. And they did, yeah. And that was a beautiful thing. You know, we talked earlier in the season about having multiple weapons that you were attacking. You're yeah. not just relying on one mm-hmm. person. It's a yeah. team effort that showed in this game. One man goes down, someone else steps up. Yep. You know, and so fantastic. Do you yeah. want to talk about some of the defensive Yeah, stats? sure. Defensively, uh, Dahlhart was pretty strong. They were a really strong team on the offensive end. They had 450 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. And so the Bulldogs came up big when it counted. Yeah. Um, obviously getting the win. Uh, but there was a that pick six from Mason Mangum that we talked about earlier. Um, and there was a big fourth down stop that we yeah. had. Yeah. We had there. Um, uh, Jacoby Figer had a great game with 10 solo tackles. Tyler Brooks had eight tackles. Maverick Lopez and Mason Mangum each had seven tackles and combined for four tackles for loss. Yeah. So Lincoln Honaker, Ryla Moreno, and Deshaun Speed each had six tackles. Sean Wilson did a great job with three tackles, and he had four QB pressures, and he got that big sack there at the end. end yeah, and he's hard to block on the corner, yeah. on the edge, especially that last play I was watching him, mm-hmm. and that tackle was just not going to be able to contain him. He was going to sprint past. Now, yeah. you know, I think they're still working with him on you know, making sure he knows how to stay down, sprint out, you know, twist in and whenever, because there's just a lot of technique that comes down to it. But he is just such a raw athlete. And if you've ever seen him power lift, he is strong. He's yeah. <laughs> fast and strong. Sure. So, yeah, he he makes it nightmares sometimes for the mm-hmm. for the defensive tackles, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so what are your takeaways? Mr. All Kano? right, Kano's takeaways. <laughs> so here's my takeaways from this game right here. Offensively, the Bulldogs had no turnovers yeah. and no personal fouls. Yeah, huge huge for us and so to me it was about playing disciplined football and when you play disciplined football good things happen and it happens usually in the end and so that to me was a huge thing Mm -hmm. you know you look at how coach hamrick has established himself and the coachings have established themselves we are going to be a disciplined program we're going to do the right things if you do wrong i'm going to call you out on it i'm going to reprimand you and then later on i'm going to love you and tell you why you're wrong but we will play discipline football absolutely and it showed on the game yeah absolutely yeah so it's a it's, i mean i hate going back to last year but it's just just a, such a big difference in culture on the football team from the sideline you could tell oh yeah sure you could tell the kids are all engaged they're all locked in yeah uh the coaches are just i mean it's like the thing i said like the discipline yes the discipline is so much. I mean, if you'd have told me that we were going to have a game where the offense didn't have any penalties, I'd have been like, what? <laughs> I don't believe it. I ain't betting my house payment on that. <laughs> so great they discipline did, yeah. football. Yeah, it, it was awesome. A second takeaway for me, man, O-line. O-line did a great job. Uh, the inside zone coming mm-hmm. off and making great blocks, giving KJ seams to run through. You know, giving him protection when he needed it. That was a great turnaround game for those boys. Uh, and, and shout out to these guys. Barrett Mancini, Justin Forrester, Maverick Lopez, Irvin Saranana, one of the best names in the game, Saranana. <laughs> and then East, Easton Hetzel and Cash Emery, you know, played a tough Bushland yeah. team where they were really struggled on uh, picking up the picking up the blitz, uh, the stunts from the defensive linemen. And great turnaround because Dalhart had some big players. Oh, and they yeah. were tough. They had some big boys and on so, that line. So, you know, yeah. they did a good job of of controlling that line and and led those long drives that we needed. So, great yeah. job on the old line. Gave yeah. up no sacks. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Awesome job, Bulldogs. It was a great win. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Want to talk a little bit about what we got coming up yeah, this week? Yeah, let's talk this about week. this week. What do we got coming up here? All right. This Friday, this is the matchup we've all been waiting for. It's a matchup <sighs> we wait for every every year. Dun, dun, uh, dun. It is, it is rivalry week, people. Yeah. We are taking on the Pampa Harvesters. Uh, they're coming to town to take on the Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, they're coming to the Dog Pound. That's what we need to call Bulldog Stadium, the Dog Pound. The Dog Pound. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it starts on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, the freshmen and JV will be in Pampa mm-hmm. uh, for their games. But then back here on Friday night, Bulldog Stadium, and we need to pack the house. Yeah, we, we do. We need Borger support, man. We need everybody in Borger to come out to the game, cheer on the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, you know that visitor, those visitor stands are going to, they're going to be full. Oh yeah. The they're going to have a lot sides, of people, you know, it's yeah. not going to be like last week where they were virtually empty. Yeah, sure. You know, they're going to be full. Yeah. Um, and we need, we need that hometown crowd to be loud for our defense on third and fourth downs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You need to create that environment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes people go to the game just to kind of go to the game yeah. and, but that's how you get that. That's how you get that home field advantage. Is when your oh, team is making noise, making it hard for the defense to, or the offense to hear. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, they got to shut up when your team has the ball. But <laughs> we were talking about that with Coach White earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was remembering like 1994. Uh-huh. He said that it was so crowded at that time when the kickers came out to warm up. That half of the stands were booing and half of the stands were cheering. Yeah. <laughs> it's starting during the warm-up time. So <laughs> That's insane. We need that kind of yeah. environment from our Bulldog fans. Yes, and and I tell you what, this is such an important game that, and I think our kids understand the importance of it, but to truly understand it, you know, go back and visit with some of those community guys. Go back and visit mm-hmm. with some of the old guys. You know, it's 30 minutes away. They are essentially the same kind of town that we are. Yeah. You know, very similar communities, very similar things. But we, you know, we it's an important game for us. And we need to really recognize that. And I think our boys need to really recognize the importance of our town when you beat a Pampa. Absolutely. Because let's be honest, they have dominated for the last seven, eight years here. And last year, finally, it felt like one of those old school kind of Pampa games. Mm-hmm. Um but I got a story for you, and I'm going to tell you this real quick just All so right. we don't ever you, – you want to learn from the past. That's what history is, so you don't make that same mistake again. Right. So from 1999 to like 2014, Borger really dominated that rivalry right there. And I think we only lost to Pampa twice in that span. And so for seven years consecutive, Borger had won that game. Mm. This was the mistake that was made. I still hold on to this, and it still drives me nuts because I thought about this immediately after the Dale Hart game. Okay. Someone, and I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was a booster club thing or somebody. Someone made a t-shirt. Oh, no. And they put the last seven years scores on the back of the t-shirt. Yeah. And then put that year with a question mark. Like, what's the score going to be this year that we win by? Uh, And if you know anything about sports superstition, if you're on a streak... You don't recognize the streak. You don't talk about the streak. No, 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 like, no. It, it had to have been a mom that thought that was going to be really cute or something like that. You don't talk about the streak. Because <laughs> guess what happened? Ever since yeah. they made the t-shirt, we have not won against Pampa since the dadgum t-shirt was made. It's like the curse of the goat, man. Oh, I just, if I ever see another t-shirt with it, I will burn 
Mm. I was going to say burn down the apparel store. I'm not going to talk about arson <laughs> with school district property. I will burn those shirts to the ground. Sure. If I ever see. So we have to, this is, this is the year. This is what this means. You got to bust through that ceiling. You got to break the curse of mm. the shirt and you got to move curse on. Of the shirt. Get, I don't know what you call it, but I hate that stupid shirt. Every time I think about it, it just makes me mad. And we need to make that a thing. Break the if curse I of see the shirt, one of those shirts in break a the curse of the pawn shirt. store or something like that, I will burn it. Sure. To the I'm going to buy it to burn it. If anybody has one, you better throw to the it podcast. away. No, bring it, bring it down to me and Kano, and we'll, <laughs> I'll record a we'll record a video. We'll put it on social media of Kano safely uh, burning the shirt. That shirt will go to ashes. I can guarantee. Yeah, you. maybe Don't that's what we need it. to do. Maybe we need before Friday if we if somebody Gather can hear this, every shirt we got, that we so can. So this is going to come out tomorrow morning. We're, this is Tuesday oh, night. This is come out gosh. tomorrow morning. If somebody hears this in between now and Friday night. Kano needs to burn one of these shirts to break the curse before Friday night's game. I can't. I can't even think about it. I can't even talk. I can't. I can't look at it. Oh, my gosh. I'll There's got to be one I'll of them out there somewhere. Up there somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Someone's mom's still holding on to that dadgum shirt, and they mm. don't realize what happened. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is. It, as a kid, that was what I wanted to do. I That's wanted I'm gonna to call grow this up. episode the curse of the shirt. <laughs> As a kid, I wanted to play for the Border Bulldogs. I wanted to put that helmet on with the B, and I wanted to play against the helmet with the P. Sure. That's what this game is. And so, looking forward to this Friday night. I got a good feeling about it. Our boys come out and play hard. Mm-hmm. This can be a game for us. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that does it for this week. That does it. All right. Let's in the curse of the shirt this Friday night. Come on out to Bulldog Stadium. And cheer on your boys. Loud and proud. Loud and proud. We'll be there. It'll be a good night. All right. All right. See you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. Thanks again to our official sponsor, Plumley Real Estate Group. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to join the conversation. And feel free to contact us with any comments, questions, or advertising inquiries at borgersportspod at gmail.com. It would also be a huge help if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. And make sure you give us a five-star rating as well. The Borger Sports Podcast is hosted by Michael Kano and mixed and produced by me, Michael Williams. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.